Hello and welcome to the Formidable Over 40 podcast. I'm Sarah Pittendrig, a mum, award-winning entrepreneur, cancer survivor, mentor and coach. This podcast is all about sharing stories and showing you that you're never too old and it's never too late to design a life you love. On this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Emma Black, co-founder and CEO of Cascade Management. Named Cash Management Woman of the Year, Emma is in an all-round expert in the savings market. Emma is also co-founder of new bank startup GBB, established to be an engine of economic growth for regional SME developers, which obtained its banking license in 2021. Along with these business interests, Emma has completed a PhD and is a published academic. With Cascade Management, Emma is on a mission to make savings simple and help people to reach their saving goals smarter and happier. So let's dive in to hear more about Emma's story and advice on this episode of the Formidable Over 40 podcast. Hi, Emma, and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely (laughs) delighted. Love the podcast and love the the stories that get shared and, and some of the messages that come through really resonate. So delighted to be a part of it. Oh, thank you. I'm so pleased that you're here. For for our listeners, would you just share a bit about you, Emma, about who you are and what you're doing and so forth? Absolutely. So um, after the, the wonderfully kind introduction um, <laughs> on the, the business aspect, very much within the savings space. So joined financial services around about 15 years ago now, probably just a little bit more. And have been on an evolution since, taking opportunities as and where they presented themselves. But very much throughout that, being true to my core values. Um, I'm very, very much around how we do things is important, more important to me than what we do. So making sure that we're working, um, you know, as part of a team, making sure that we've got integrity, making sure that, you know, I'm staying true to what I fundamentally believe is is really important to me. And I'm delighted that over the last 15 years, uh, although there's been challenges, I've been able to in the main continue to do that. Today, part of a fantastic team, um, a team of people who all share similar values, which means that it's not a chore coming to work. We love coming to work. We love being together. We love spending time with each other. And I think that's what leads us to to doing some really good things and helping people enormously on a personal aspect huge family orientated person uh, love having people around the house love hosting got a wonderful husband and a beautiful daughter little Neve and you know that that is what drives me ultimately and, and you know having Neve has certainly changed my life over the last the last three years um, and probably given me a deeper understanding of who I am and what I want greater than I had before yeah. you know so hopefully that gives a, a good introduction to me. Absolutely wonderful. And if we say about formidable over 40, you know, um, what does formidable over 40 mean to you? It's quite a personal thing because I looked at the definition of formidable and I thought as part of that, how do I feel about formidable over 40? Well, I probably think, you know, if you add in the age aspect that at that point in our lives, you know, it's, it's a time where we've had a huge amount of experience. And we've had good experiences and bad experiences. Often we've learned many lessons. And in doing so, I think often we've become very clear around our own boundaries, or at least I hope we are. And in doing so, I think that allows us to have greater self-awareness. It allows us to make sure that we don't self-limit ourselves. And for Mm. me, I think 
that's the formidability side of it is more around commanding respect through being clear with ourselves and others around what we want to do, what makes us happy um, Mm. and actually making choices in our lives that allow for us to to continue to flourish and grow and not being Mm. constrained or restricted by anything and certainly not self-limiting ourselves because of our gender or our age or our background Mm. or you know the the titles or the jobs that we may have had so for me being formidable over 40 I think it's around getting that that respect and that understanding yeah. of who you are and what you want from life. Um, because mm. at the end of the day, we only get one life. Um, and so we never true. know how long we may have with it. So, mm. you know, I think um, the freedom of that choice is really important. And I think, you know, the formidable over 40 for me is is very much within that. Yes. And and midlife, you know, some people say, oh, I'm, I'm getting so old or I'm, I'm old or and they look at it as a as a negative where for me, I, I, I and, and, and many of my guests like what you say there, we've learned so much by the time we get to this this stage. And yes, you know, things may have gone wrong. We'll have faced adversity. You know, some of us have lost loved ones. We've we've hit um you know, menopause hits us in midlife and that can really, you know, turn things over completely for us, you know, and and so many different things. But it's all of these lessons that if we use them in in a positive way and instead of looking them with a a negative mindset, say, hang on a minute, I'm actually going to use these as my armor. I'm going to put these as a strength. Then, you know, they can become our superpower, can't they? Nobody needs to have a squeaky clean, perfect life. I don't think anybody does. And therefore, you know, we see a lot on social media, don't we, which makes it look like people are. But it's not really the squeaky clean life that makes you. It's the adversity that we've overcome that becomes the cloak for our superpower, doesn't it? Absolutely. Every single one of us has scars. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just don't believe anybody has gone through a life without difficult or challenging times or without times that have been emotionally hurtful or, mm-hmm. you know, without times that have been, you know, of great joy. One yeah. of the things growing up for me was very much around taking the lessons from that, recognising that that's been and gone now. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's happened um, to reflect on. The situation, how did you end up in that environment? What choices did you make? What choices mm-hmm. could you have made and you didn't? You mm-hmm. know, and I, and I think as part of that, you know, trying to deny something that's happened is, is not going to be helpful. Trying to, you know, prevent it. Well, actually, you're carrying the past into the future. In the yeah. future, it might not be the same environment. It might not be the same people. You might not, mm. the, you know, the, the choices that you wish you had taken in the past might not be appropriate in the future. So yeah. all we can ever do is do our best in the here and now. And I'm, I'm very fortunate in that regard because I don't regret anything that, that I've done. You know, I... I if I were to have lived my life again, I would have probably made different choices at different points and, you know, probably would have been able to do things better. But it's all well and good seeing that in hindsight. You know, mm. at the time, I'm really comfortable that I thought about things and I, I did make choices and I made the choices that I thought were best at the time and everything evolved. And, you know, I was kind of trained by my dad very much and my mom is a formidable individual as well. And both of them very much were, you know, around making sure that you turn the negative into a positive and you, yeah. you know, you recognise that everything in life is a calculated risk and it's a calculated mm-hmm. risk 
emotionally a calculated risk financially but actually what it's about is it's about taking the opportunity and not making sure that you know you are self-limiting or you are actually saying you know at the end of the day I'm not even going to get in the ring because somebody Mm. did something to me once or they made me feel that way because Mm. we, we are stronger than that we are more resilient than that and just because one person has said something doesn't mean that that is who you are mm, um, yeah. you know and I think so sometimes it's a case of exactly as you say Sarah taking that time to you know just zone out zone out mm. from everything that's there because at the end of the day everything online and it's all a narrative you know and, yeah. and, and actually sometimes you've got to go into the real into the real world mm. and feel things and you know and, and and take that take that on board you do. And, and, and interestingly enough, at lunchtime, we were just chatting in, in the office here about being judged and how that can really cause self-limiting beliefs. It can put the brakes on on, on, on you missing, you know, sorry, realising opportunity. But the reality is, looking back, like you say, is that I don't believe anybody's ever judged by anyone who's got skin in the game. Yeah. I always think that you're judged by people who wouldn't stand in your shoes and who wouldn't be willing to risk and do what you've done. I don't mean you personally, I mean, you know, in general, they, they wouldn't necessarily do it. So I always think that um, I read a very good book by David Goggins and he said, look at the source who is judging you, you know, so rather than taking that on board, uh, you know, when someone criticizes you and like, you know, like you were saying, and, and just because that one person said that and you, it could stop you de- delivering what you want to deliver, you know, your passion, your goal, actually look at the source before you, before you actually take it on board. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and, and it's, you know, just because somebody says something, we shouldn't stop somebody giving you advice or anything, but it is it, absolutely right, Sarah. They don't mm. know your truth and they don't know your perspective. And they don't know how the weight that you're carrying feels for you, you know? Mm. So at the end of the day, it's very much take that on board. And my dad um, used to to quote, and I think it's Stephen Covey. um, Mm. And he used to say that we judge others by their actions and we judge ourselves Mm. by our intent. Mm. And it's very true because all we see is what people do. Yeah. But what we see of ourselves, we we hear what's going on in our minds. You mm. know, we we know what what we feel in our hearts, so we know that intent. Yeah. And as part of that, you know, it's something that actually my dad used to always say, assume good intent. Yeah. You know, so if yeah. you assume that when somebody's giving you advice or they're coming to you to to talk about something or ask for your advice, assume that that's coming from a good place. Yeah. And you'll often find that that you'll then come at that advice or that comment in a completely Mm. different way. And there might be something that might resonate. And at Mm. times there might be nothing. And that's okay. And at other times there might be the whole thing is like, goodness me, are are you following me? Because that couldn't be more, you know, on the point for what I'm currently going through. And, you know, these things come to us at, at different points, but we've got to have an open mind yeah. You know, and we've we've got to be able to um to to try to think that often people are doing things with a good intent. We just might not understand 
exactly mm. why they might not understand why no um yeah exactly you know, and, and those things are um are really important mm. and you mentioned your dad a few times your dad is an absolutely wonderful man just for the for the benefit of the audience would you be happy to share just a little bit about your dad and who, and who he was absolutely um so my dad was absolutely one of my heroes so my dad um had a fantastic life he's probably most well known for being in professional sport so he worked with um, Newcastle United, with the Falcons. He worked with the Welsh national rugby team, the British and Irish Lions team, and worked with a number of, of amazing individuals within there. He also, um, once he'd, he'd kind of finished his sport and career such, and he, he continued always mentoring individuals, but he then moved into helping individuals excel in all different arenas and, and very much in the business world. So he worked with a number of fantastic companies and some fantastic companies regionally here in the Northeast, including the likes of Fairstone, um, who do some fantastic things, you know. So he worked with a, a number of, of companies and a number of individuals in, um, and was a, a fantastic coach and, and mentor. Mm. And for us, you know, it was amazing for myself and my two brothers because we grew up in an environment where we had individuals that were achieving on the face of it incredible things and things that actually in in the history books go down in you know in terms of winning world cups or or whatever it might be Mm. and what was really interesting is it was so influential as a child because you were seeing and interacting with these people and they were just normal they were Mm. just like everybody else so we grew up with this idea that you know these aren't superhuman individuals and they don't have something that is special But what they had was incredible focus. Mm. They had incredible commitment. They sacrificed. They knew what they wanted to achieve and why they wanted to achieve it. And at times, they stepped, you know, had to step outside of their comfort zone or their success led them Mm. to stepping outside of their comfort zone because they would achieve this goal that they might have been working for their whole lives. And then it would be, and now what comes next? Yes. So from a very young age for us, we we had the influence of being able to say that we're all made of the same stuff. Mm. We're all capable. You know, we're all we've all got the same opportunities and, and things like that. And of course, that varies, you know, and as you get older, you recognize that some people don't have as fortunate as a start as others, you know, mm. and, and what ways can we provide opportunities for people in in that regard to be able to get access to things because you shouldn't be, your whole life shouldn't be determined by where you're born or by what happens to you as a child. You know, so things like that have have been things that really resonate and we're we're passionate about. And then, of course, growing up, some of the lessons that we learned as people that, you know, reached that goal and then thought about what comes next, learning that at at a very influential age, you know, as teenagers and things like that was really really powerful because you kind of when you came to those lessons yourself you'd witnessed other people going through them but also you'd kind of been given the ingredients around you know you knew that well I can do something meaningful you know and I can find out what it is that I that I want to do you know but I've got to work hard and actually it's not it's not good enough to to um, have an opportunity presented and not turn up on time or 
you know, not mm. actually take the opportunities that are there, that actually there's a responsibility that those opportunities have come to you and you should think about how that could impact others in a positive way. So so my, my dad was a, a remarkable individual, as is my mum, and, and will be forever grateful for them and will probably end up now spending the rest of my life making sure that everything that my parents hold dear in terms of their values we continue mm. to live and breathe and hopefully you know our children in due course do the same and ultimately yeah. that's what it's all about that's it and you've got that wonderful book haven't you you shared a bit about it on on linkedin it was fabulous with all of the little quotes and little like thoughts that your dad had jotted down hadn't he over the years just just amazing things so my dad growing up my dad um my dad was a great learner so my dad mm. really valued learning. If there was an opportunity to pick up a book, he mightn't read every word and he mightn't read every page, but he, he would always take that opportunity. He was obsessed with books, obsessed with learning. And he always thought that education was, you know, the the kind of golden ticket to things, that the more that we learn and, and, and you know, the more that we present ourselves with ideas and and create opportunities therefore in doing so and he could mm. never understand why if you can read why somebody wouldn't read you mm. know it's, it's it's a one that that actually um you know you should take that opportunity and, and speak to others and he was always um people-based as well but he also was a great writer so growing up I just always will remember my dad sat at the kitchen table wherever we lived because we moved around a lot and wherever we lived he would be sat at the table with a pen and he would be mm. writing you know when when he passed we were surprised and, and actually in hindsight I don't know why because you know my entire life he did that mm. you know and and when he passed there there isn't just one journal really mm. honestly there's thousands of journals really? Yeah, thousands and thousands of journals and, and you pick it up and it is the most wonderful thing where you pick something up and it's it's a thought that he's been thinking or he's read a book and he's liked a mm. concept from it and he's wrote it down um or a quote mm. or an idea um or a joke and he's and he's wrote it all down and also what he's done as well is he's also wrote things down that provide us with an incredible amount of love even you know even with him not being here now and he's wrote down mm. you know he did a lot of wellness journals of of what drove him and what matters most and he said without question it was his children and yeah. that's that is enormously um you know powerful and impactful for us as as individuals to know mm. we never once doubted that we came you know we came from a home that was full of love and whatever choices we made we would always have our mom and dad in our corner yeah that's and, wonderful and he very much was actively in our corner until uh, yeah. until the very last day yeah oh that's absolutely wonderful absolutely wonderful so that can lead us on to my next question and it's about Emma I think at 15 15 is such um an impressionable age isn't it and it can really shape us as individuals how our childhood and teenage years affected us it can be very forming what was what was 15 year old Emma like what were her hopes and aspirations and what was she doing so it's interesting because actually at the time of me being 15, and you're absolutely right, Sarah, it is a hugely impressionable age. Mm. At the time of being 15, one of the um, the players that my dad worked closely with had just won the World Cup. 
and was basically in the the aftermath of that going through a, a time phase of you know they, they'd spent the whole life working towards that goal and then they were thinking about the what next mm. and, and it got me thinking on a deeper level about you know they've spent their life working towards a goal what do I want to work towards and then you know, should it be a case that it's one goal or, or should it be a case that it's lots of goals, you know, and, mm. and starting to think on a on a deeper level, clearly not as deeply as I can today. But at 15, I knew very much that I wanted to work with people. Yeah. I knew that I was very much um, I valued being recognised. And what mm. I mean by that is not being recognised with an award or anything like that. That doesn't bother me. But being mm. recognised and valued by the people that I was around, so be mm. that family, be that friends, I valued that reassurance. I valued that um, that that well done. It, it made me feel good to know that I was making other people feel good. Mm. And that's actually been something that that drives me today. I feed very much off the energy of, of other people. Yeah. So at, at fifteen, I was I was exercising. Um, I was exercising a lot, um, you know, and, and making sure that I was looking after my my health. I was getting into a habit of, you know, exams and learning around how, you know, strategically, how do I perform the best on the exams, do my, my GCSEs, etc. Um, I was part of Young Enterprise. So right. we set up a business as part of Young Enterprise. And as I had turned into 16, I was given access to a wonderful um, opportunity to speak as part of panels and, and things like that. Um, and there was a fantastic individual called Caroline Theobald. Um, mm-hmm. And Caroline was was wonderful at that point um, in my life because she gave me opportunities to be part of debates and panels and things like that. And mm. it really got me thinking about my values and, and what I stood mm. for. So so 15-year-old Emma wanted to make a difference. 15-year-old mm. Emma wanted to do something that was recognised as being good. She wanted to make other people feel good. She felt good when they felt good. And she she was learning about... You know, how can we deliver results, whatever they might be, in the way that is the best, you know, gives us the best structure and, and, and actually, you know, we can have that that right balance. And and it's it's funny thinking back at it now because I didn't really probably recognize or realize just how important those things are. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was probably focused on other things. I was probably mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. doing that, but I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking that 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 was kind of a given because yes. it was a natural for me I think I kind of thought everybody thought like that or everybody was was doing that and actually in hindsight I, I don't think it was and I think I probably underappreciate and certainly came to know that over the years ahead just how important that stuff is mm-hmm. for for living a happy life and and for being part of a successful team yeah yeah definitely and you know some people will have faced bumps in the road and you know have you ever had to face adversity in, in along sort of your career and on the journey to to where you are now? And if and if you have, how have you overcome it? Yeah, um, absolutely, um, absolutely. A lot of my um, adversity has been very much people based. Mm. Um, I'm part of a, a sector that, on the finance side, doesn't always align to my values. I must say, mm. there are individuals within finance that are very much driven by money. 
And it's kind of the name of the game a bit. And it's very difficult being somebody who isn't driven by that. And I remember yeah. early start in my career, I remember somebody sitting me down and they said, you know, so this is what we're going to do on your training and so on and so forth. And we'll do this, that and the other. Um, quite funnily, it never happened, actually. Um, so the, the plan went through of we're going to do this training, we're going to do that training, it never actually materialised because I think it was more just a case of for sure, we'll take a box to say that, that we've done that. But I remember one of the immortal things of, well, you know, if you work really hard and you'll be able to get a Lamborghini um, and that's what you can get if you work hard. And I remember sitting there just, just, okay, um, not bothered by that, by the way. Um, yeah. You know, just totally not interested in those things. And I'm still mm. not interested in those things today uh, either because yeah. they don't matter. You know, and at the end of the day, and I know obviously with my, my dad suddenly passing recently, mm. you know, at the end of the day, we get to the end of our life and the clothes that we wear and the houses that we live in, the cars that we drive and the things that we own, they become somebody else's, yeah. you know, and, and what matters is when you leave the world, people can say that you did that good thing for them or you made yeah. them feel that way or, mm. you know, you did something that that inspired others those are the things that matter so from a very a very early point in my financial career I knew that I was different in the space and I knew Mm. I was motivated by different things and naturally I I've always done what I think is the right thing for the customer and what Mm. is the right thing for the investor and what is the yeah. right thing for a colleague or in due course, a member of my team. And yes. I've always done that. We all have different interpretations around what the right thing is, but but from a, a place of good intent, I've always done that. And I've always put other people before myself because I'm a yeah. firm believer that if you do that, we all win mm. anyway, a bit of a game yes. theory one. Um, if we mm. go out and we try to to get the result for ourselves, it's it's just not going to work. And maybe we might win, but we will be less successful or impactful that we otherwise could have been. So so naturally, in recognising that from very early on, earlier in my career, I never, ever wanted to change who I was, ever. I always thought that that was my differentiator, that was my strength. I always thought mm-hmm. that it would be a game of patience, because mm. it was a game of authenticity. And the sad fact, you know, is that it's harder for somebody to put their lifelong earnings with somebody mm. who's 20 than it is with somebody who's 45. It's, again, an mm. unconscious bias people have. Yeah. So I knew that I would have to to prove myself, and I knew I would have to be part of that. But there was adversity because there were people that I worked with or there was people within the teams, and they just didn't share the same values. Mm. And there was times where I would try to find a way to make it work where, okay, so you're coming at it from this way and I'm coming at it from that way, but ultimately can we end up getting, you know, a good result? And then there was times that honestly, it was just so difficult because sometimes people can just be so single-minded or just, and it was so alien to me because obviously in my early career, it was very much an academic that then joined into, into industry. Mm. And it was so alien to me that you could have situations where people wouldn't listen or they wouldn't be open or you'd come up with an idea and they'd be defensive over it Mm. um, or or combative. And and it's interesting because um, 
I just don't get that. I don't, because, mm. you know, all of the things don't matter. So I'd, I'd, I, even today, I find it interesting why people get so defensive over the things and get so defensive over the things that don't matter. Because, you know, at the end of the day, what, what really matters is working together and doing something yeah. that's good for the soul that, mm. that actually matters when we're not here. Yeah. So definitely had adversity, very much people-based. And probably when my daughter was born, started to recognise that maybe I was part of my own problem and that I wasn't making choices, you know, because I was kind of feeling I didn't have a choice, mm. but I did have a choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when my daughter was born, what I, I very much recognised is, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm not with her... There has to be a reason for that because yeah. I love her enormously, you know, and she matters so much to me that it was one that actually I need to be, you know, I need to understand that being away from her at any point has to be for mm. a greater purpose. And actually yes. I've got to be fairly rewarded for that as well, you know, and, and, and things like that because, you know, over time you, you recognise that actually some of that adversity you probably just took took as being a given mm. and and you were just going to have to endure it and then yeah. it's the older you get the more you realize actually no because you, you've always got a choice and, yes. and have you know have the confidence to make that choice because at the end of the day we've got to choose environments and we've got mm. to be we've got to choose to be part of teams that bring yeah. out the best in us and teams that allow us to make our greatest contribution to society for however long mm. we're here Mm. And teams is the way forward now. I mean, goodness me, the the way the way of the world and everything we've gone through. I mean, you know, supporting each other, collaborating with each other. I mean, it's got to be the way to go, hasn't it? To to be successful, there's so I much power so. In, in collaboration, isn't there? I think so. Um, I I just can't see anywhere where people can really do something on their own. And I, and I do always question why people want to do it on their own. I really encourage, you know, people that that seem to to want to go out there and, and not collaborate with others or have a help mm. with others or yeah. they want to take all the glory from something. I always try to say why. Mm. What is it? What is it that's making you do that? Because maybe it's, it's a self-limiting belief, Emma. That could yeah. be a self-limiting belief and a lack of yeah. confidence as if they've got to prove their worth. Which is actually not that's really it. a positive, yeah. is it? Do you know what I mean? It's like a that's actually if you flip that mindset, to me that would scream more someone who's feeling insecure. Would you agree with that? I would. It's almost and I see it as almost a cry for help. But what's really mm-hmm. interesting is that people don't necessarily always have that self awareness. No. So they don't always have that self awareness to be able to say you know, what drives me? Why am I feeling this way? And, mm. you know, where where's the environment that um, that I perform at my best? Where do I feel at my best? What, what time mm. of day do I have my best energy? And, you know, all those different types of things, people seem to, to sometimes just not necessarily think about it and form habits and those habits in turn, you know, in turn form their beliefs and, and feed through into their actions, you know, and, and um, I think actually just taking that step back to really understand what you're about, what mm. your triggers are, you know, how how you're motivated and um, and what what you want out of life. 
Mm. You know, because we, as, as I mentioned before there, we only get one life. So That's it. what is it that you want out of life? And, mm. you know, sometimes people don't know and that's okay, you know, but, yeah. but then don't worry, don't worry about mm. tomorrow. Don't dwell on the past, just enjoy the moments, um, you know, and, and I would always say, because unless people are, are mega fortunate, we've got to live our, our lives in a way that we've got to be earning and we've got to be part mm. of something so even if you don't exactly know where you're going to end up mm. just be aware of your personal brand and be aware around you know if, if people mention your name what you want them to mm. be thinking and what you want them to be yeah. feeling about that um, yes. and choose make choices that that can encourage you to get that further clarity mm. that's it and if you are stuck it's about not being afraid to be vulnerable you know and it, there's there's no problem with speaking up and you know finding like-minded people who you can confide in and 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 support because there's nothing worse than feeling stuck and not knowing where you can go or what you can do because like you say we only do have this one life and blum and heck does it go quickly so if you're feeling stuck or at the midlife crossroads and you don't know where to go and you know there's only so much time to stay stuck though because you know, you you, you want to get out of it because it can be a very dark and frustrating place. What would you say to someone, though, who was feeling stuck but ready to take the leap but just didn't quite know how? What would you suggest to them? Well, my go-to is to speak to people. Mm-hmm. So my go-to is to, to find other people. And, and even today, for me, I still get reassurance from others. So mm. often I know I know kind of what I think is the right course of action and but I'll talk it through, you know, and I'll talk mm-hmm. it through with yeah. people and, and I'll make sure that that I've kind of thought about as much as I, I feasibly can before doing something. Um mm-hmm. and that gives me reassurance. It all, also opens my eyes a bit as well. And mm-hmm. there's usually something that I might not have considered. Or or what's really interesting when I talk to other people as well in times like that is sometimes they can ask you questions and they don't even necessarily realize they're doing it. It's just a natural for them. But they ask you a question that unlocks that little mm. nugget of, yes. of, of um, you know, of, of uh, opportunity that you think that's it. That's what's stopping me or that's what I'm I'm nervous about or that's what I'm yeah. scared of, you know. And, and, and actually um, that once you've got that clarity, you can mm. then knowingly embrace taking that next step so, yeah. so for me I would always say for somebody going through that time frame to embrace it find mm. others you know never feel shy about contacting somebody and having a chat yeah. and you know and things like that and and just see see where it might take you um mm-hmm. you know but but certainly take that first step and you don't have to not everybody has to go at the same pace no, you know, that's right. You take that first step, but you can take little baby steps, you know, yeah. and, and what do they mean to you? Other people will take great strides forwards and that's okay. That's great for them. Mm. You know, yeah, but yeah. live your own journey at your own pace, at your own life. And, you know, and, and for me, I'm very people orientated. So I would mm. always say, I don't think there's anything that any one of us have ever felt, you know, or done or whatever that somebody else hasn't at some point, yes. you know. So the more that you, um, the more that you vocalize it, the more that you speak to others, it helps you to truly identify the emotion that you're feeling. Yeah. But also, it allows for you to to actually be able then to get the confidence, mm. you know, that others have done that 
and they've been okay yes. and yeah. you know and I can do this um, exactly. and I want to do this yes the want is important isn't it you know so there might be many people aspiring to work in the finance industry who could be listening to this you know young women who who could be who could be listening um maybe with the mums <laughs> from mid over 40 who knows it always it appears to be a very male dominated industry you know like uh, some of the leaders seem to be a lot of um, a lot of men and you've cracked through as a leader uh, a very strong woman business leader in this industry how hard was it for you to to break through into into this industry and what advice maybe could you give to others looking other women looking to come into the financial sector absolutely so so definitely you're right there's definitely an overpopulation of males as opposed to females in this space I think there's there's lots of reasons for that. Mm. And I've been part of different panels around why that could exist. And some of the reasons are the opportunities that get presented to um to people because there's no reason whatsoever why there shouldn't be more females within finance, particularly mm. in client-facing roles as well. Because actually, you know, it's it's really interesting that I do think females have natural strengths in some areas around empathy mm. and compassion and can understand mm. um you know can understand things and, and often not all the time but often will tend to be you know good communicators as well and able to articulate their emotions mm. I naturally think that you've got to have more more senior leaders and more influential figures that are mm. female and we've got to understand where the gap is between that happening. And I don't think that that's necessarily just finance. I think mm-hmm. it's in a lot of professions that that actually people and, and women can pause having children or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. And, and it's still not viewed as being something that is a positive you know, it's mm. it's um it's viewed as being something that that you know is is going to impact your career, slow you down, or and you know when you think about the course of people's lives and on average like eighty years of people's life, at the end of the day you're pregnant for nine months, you yeah. know, and, and the baby's only a newborn for a year, you know. So in in the grand space of things, and the vast majority of people um aren't fortunate enough to to just be taking the time off, um no. you know, and, and not doing anything. A lot of people are are juggling um mm. you know and, and working professionally and and managing a family mm. um and I think we've just got to get better around that we've got to get better around providing opportunities to professional working mothers and women and um but also we've got to get better around um you know recognizing that it's a choice for a woman not to necessarily just say that she's going to have a family either and there's been a lot of my friends who have been within sectors and different industries whereby you know, that it's been um, kind of preconceived that they are going to go mm-hmm. off and have a family. And actually, they've been prevented from opportunities just yes. in case they did, you know, mm-hmm. and, and um, that's dreadful as well. But, you know, I think within the financial services industry, the last 10 years, certainly the last 15, but definitely the last 10 years, it's been on a big a big change within the space mm. Mm. um and we're still seeing that coming through and I would say the last three years in particular we're feeling an even bigger space and a, a bigger mm. change because what we've seen is that it used to be very much a, a kind of Milton Freeman's profit is everything and profit is king type world mm. and actually what people are recognizing now is that 
values are really important and purpose mm-hmm. is really important yeah. and actually a part of a community. And is it is it appropriate for your company to be, you know, making um, record levels of profit when people can't heat the homes, you yeah. know, and, and, and things like that. And that corporate social responsibility debate is is into the ESG debate now, and it's clearly defined in terms of the areas that you can make those contributions. And that is certainly coming through in finance. And you are seeing that um, investors are, are demanding that, Investors mm. are, are bringing their values to the workplace. They're bringing, you know, their their um, values to their investments. They want to yeah. make investments that are going to have a positive impact. So we are seeing slowly those wheels of change coming through. And that that's a wonderful thing to be seeing. And you're mm. also seeing structural changes around, you know, it's, it's not okay for behaviours to be short-termist. It's not mm. okay for people to be motivated and remunerated for risk-taking activity you know actually what you should be um motivated by is you should be motivated by doing the right the right thing for the people Mm. who are are putting you as custodian of their hard-earned money so actually it's a really exciting time to join the industry now Mm. i think that that there are more opportunities for women i certainly have to say the last five years i've increasingly had less conversations around oh you can get the lamborghini and I've mm-hmm. certainly having way more conversations around, you know, making a meaningful impact. And there's a debate for a lot of people around whether every financial firm really means that or not. And my thing is whether people truly mean it or not, they'll find out that they end up, you know, believing that and doing so anyway, because what they'll realise in doing so is that everything combines in a, a more successful approach and a more enjoyable approach and a happier approach when yeah. you when you do bring your values to work and when yes. you do work with people, you know, who share those in, in the same way. Mm-hmm. So for those thinking of joining, I would think about, you know, reflecting around what matters to you. Mm-hmm. What are your values? What do you want to achieve? Um, and then try and work for a company and work within a team that yeah. shares those values and be brave. aligned with you. Absolutely. Mm. And be brave mm-hmm. to make a decision to change that environment or to change those teams. If you start to get that good feeling that I might have got that wrong, you know, they might yes. be one of the firms that actually don't really believe this. And I do, um, mm. you know, be brave and make that decision to go to another firm that does, because yeah. what you'll find is um, I'm a big believer that you shouldn't necessarily um, chop and change jobs all the time. Mm. I, I believe that, you know, we we live in a world of instant gratification where people think that they can get the results immediately. And, and yeah. actually the teams that, that do amazing things are teams mm. that have lived and breathed and worked with each other and that understand the home situation, the personal drivers and the work drivers, is, you know, yeah. and, and they understand that about each other and they, they're loyal to each other and, mm. and they're a band of brothers and they've got each other's backs, you know. Those yeah. are the types of things that you want to be part of. So you've got to find people and find a team that align with, with what you're about in whatever sector that is. And within mm. finance, it's no different. Um, you've then got to dedicate yourself to being the very best version of you that you can be. Yeah. And understanding that, you know, you can't just be a flitter, you know, jumping out when things go wrong because things are going to go wrong 
wherever you go, invariably it's a bumpy road. You know, the the road to success, as we all well know, is not smooth. You know, it's got hairpin bends and hills and lumps and bumps all the way along the journey. And I think you're right, those teams that can stick together and, and they knuckle down and support each other through adversity, they are the winning teams, aren't they? Through the good times and the bad times. Absolutely. And I think, you know, everybody, nobody enjoys the the times of adversity nobody no. enjoys those times and you know for those that are are listening they might have run businesses etc everybody's had those times where you've lost a star player and it's oh no you yes. know we've lost somebody and <laughs> in, in how's that happened or they've had times where how are we going to pay this bill how are we going to pay mm. people you yeah. know and it's it's almost like one of those badge of honors and it's it's one that you shouldn't have that badge of honor because it's um, not an enjoyable one but all yeah. of us have had them yeah. you know and, and all of us are, have been in the same boat because unfortunately you can't get anything that's worthwhile having without having those times and and I would look on with you know in part with emotional envy at those that do achieve it without the adversity and the challenge but then actually, in hindsight, it's probably <laughs> those challenges where I learned the most about me. I learned the most yes. about us as a team. And, you know, and, and in, in those aspects, you, you can't, you know, you can't uh, regret them or deny them because actually those are the those are the times where, you know, you ended up performing your, your best ultimately. Yes, it's, it's so, so true. It is. And one of the things I wanted to touch on was your PhD. Because goodness gracious, that that will have been some challenge. Um, it's obviously, you know, education something you value hugely. Um, what what's dri- driven you, or what drives you on your path to personal development, and and what's next for you? Yeah, so the PhD was an evolution. Um, I did my undergraduate degree, and during my undergraduate degree, had a, a very serious car accident, um, and very fortunate to still be here. Um, and as part of that, I had to have a, a number of operations um, at, at kind of 19, 20. And then I came to the end of my degree, um, you know, and having had the operations, etc. and the credit crisis hit. So I thought around, well, I might as well stay on and do a master's. I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do yet. So I thought, well, I might as well, you know, go through that time frame, um, you know, and, and, and actually just continue learning and in, in, um, opening my mind. And then during the master's, they asked if I would stay on to do the PhD. So they asked me, would I um, would I continue to, to do that? And um, again, I would love to say that that this was something that um, that was my my choice and in my um, incredible foresight but it wasn't um in my undergraduate degree I didn't know what I wanted to do for my dissertation and a friend of mine who's a fantastic lawyer um she had thought about doing a topic she had two topics um one of them was what she ended up doing very economic based and the other one was around psychology and she wanted to look at why um some acquisitions are successful and, and some some aren't so so I decided to do to do the idea that she didn't do and 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 I did that and in doing that um went into started to read about the literature and started to learn all about the the literature around how we make the decisions we make and what impact that can have on us financially and what impact that can have on organizations and very much that behavioral finance phase 
And then during my master's, I chose to do exactly, you know, similar topic on my, my master's because I'd thoroughly enjoyed it in my undergrad. And doing that, the university asked if I would stay on to do the PhD. Um, and I was I was paid to do the PhD. Um, so it became a job, actually, um, which is, again, very, very fortunate. And as part of that, started to do teaching. Um, and, I, and, you know, a huge believer that when you learn something and you pass that knowledge on to others you kind of learn it again and mm. because you're you're really then thinking about it again you're translating it into your words and how mm-hmm. you've interpreted that information and then the PhD was was about three and a half years um and went through that process and and that was probably my first real milestone because I got to the end of doing the PhD and then thought now what and that mm. was my first you know, um, view around, oh, well, well, what's going to happen now? But I do value education enormously. I do think that that if we spent our entire lives reading, we still wouldn't have, have absorbed and read everything that there is to learn. You know, I, I very much enjoy reading about people. I very, you know, mm. I enjoy reading about, you know, stories and, you know, times of great triumph and how people have got there and times, you know, of resilience and how they've got through. You know, and, and I, I do see everything that I did in the PhD, I, I do see within, you know, within industry. Um, I see those biases. I see people being anchored by experiences that they've had, you know, and, and, and I see, you know, I see all of that. And it's it's without question that that's going to have an impact on on our results. And, and naturally, over the years, and this wasn't a focus within the PhD, but over the years, I've realized just what impact that can have on our wellness Mm-hmm. um yeah you know and, and that, that's a um that that's a, a really interesting thing that that comes but but even since finishing the PhD I'll make sure that I try to you know speak to others learn from others um we've got an active training program within Cascade whereby mm. you know we get great speakers from from our mm. networks to come in and just share something that they're passionate about you know and, and yeah. tell us tell us about something that that you think is amazing and you know what's the one thing that you think we should do as a result of that chat or you know things mm. like that and um in turning that into action um and I think it allows me to keep my mind open that you know that just because you can only see one way today of doing it actually there might be other ways and if you keep reading if you keep talking to others mm. at some point you know the actual solution that's actually going to help you break through is going yeah. to appear and it's going to mm-hmm. be so simple and it's going to yeah. feel so natural. And it's going to be one of those things that you're in the shower and it suddenly comes in your head or you wake up. The light up bulb and you think, moment. The light bulb yeah. comes in and yeah. you think, yeah. why couldn't I have just thought about that five mm-hmm. years ago, it. 10 years ago? But it does, uh-huh. it does come, you know, and I think that yes. comes for me. I think that comes through from learning because everything yes. you read, everything you hear, everybody you speak to, you might not recognize it, but it, it goes into that mind um, yes. and and it your mind is an incredibly powerful thing and yeah. none of us know you know the the true way that it manages to work but it seems to combine all those different elements together and you just go light bulb that's it yeah that's mm-hmm. what we should be doing um and it all just comes you know, so together just, doesn't yeah. it it yeah, does. It just, does. Yeah. And I think that's why people think it's it's luck and it's it's things like yes. that. But actually it's a result of every person you've spoken to, every book you've read and that's right. you know, and, and every walk you've taken to to clear your mind, you know, all yeah. those things. And that that's yeah. a dedication, you know. Yes. I always equate luck to if your six numbers come up on the lottery. 
I think that's yes. lucky. But I, I don't agree. think people are lucky who've got to where they are in the career or in the business or in the adversity that they've overcome. I always think that that is down to sheer hard commitment, work and be, being brave to, to make the change yeah. and to live your purpose. And I, I always think when people say, oh, she's lucky or I think, no, take a step back and actually look at the journey this person's been on. They're not lucky. They've created that that yeah. life they've 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 made their their future if you like you know and that's what and and with my clients I always want them to recognize their success and how hard they've worked and I never want to hear them saying oh I'm so lucky and I think well hang on let's break that look down how did yeah. how did you become lucky <laughs> you know what I mean it's so true because I, I actually very very consciously don't use the word luck and yeah. I very consciously use the word fortunate. Yes. And I very consciously um, use that word because I do think that, you know, there are things that you are fortunate on. But, mm. you know, yeah. the, the key thing, you know, and because and, it's also being mindful that other people are working hard too. Mm -hmm. so, you know, when people come out and they say, oh, yes, this is the result of hard work. Yeah, well, some people are working hard too and they're, they're working yeah. three jobs as a cleaner That's in right. different restaurants and, and all those yeah. things. And, you know, so... It's it's not just hard work, and it's mm. you know it's it's not it's not just fortune or luck, um, mm. you know, and and it's it's not just perseverance, um, mm. you know, for whatever reason, um, we get blessed that those those three things come together. But I think it's yes. being mindful, and I'm always very conscious about that. That, um, you know, we we get opportunities, and um, and I do believe everybody in life does have a choice hmm. um irrespective of background and I do think everybody in life does get opportunity but I don't think everybody feels able to always take it and I don't yes. think everybody um or you know sometimes when I speak to to um some family members and things like that and they'll say you know they had the opportunity to you know pursue a career they had the opportunity to do whatever but it was expected mm. that they would just get a job yeah. And they ended up on a path that, um, you know, that they felt they didn't have the choice, even though mm -hmm. the opportunity was there. They, mm. um, and, I, and I do think sometimes that they, they feel a regret because of that. So mm. I think for me, it's around making sure that irrespective of your age, your background, whatever it might yeah. be, that, that you feel um, encouraged that if you really want to do something, you know mm. you've got a choice to do it. Um, yeah. And how wonderful it is, and and um, certainly we've benefited from this, from people who've been where you've been, you mm. know, in, in in startup enterprises and in starting something off. Often the funding comes through from people who are believing in you and they're wanting to pay That's forward. Right. Somebody's believed in them, and they want to give yeah. that back and believe in you. And and you've got to be humble around that because none of it would happen without mm. any one of those elements. You know, yeah, you can be, exactly. okay, I've got a great idea and I work really hard, but if you don't have the money in uh -huh. order to do it, yeah, it, it doesn't matter how like how no. fantastic it is because um, at some point you're not profitable, at some point you become profitable. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, know. You, it's, it's a community. We live in life as a community and we live in life as, as um, you know, alongside others and we should be there for each other and we should recognise that you know, that if that matters to us and we value that, we should be proactively making time 
to go mm. out and to do that and mentor people, coach people, invest yeah. in people, um, you know, and, and um, go and give people the opportunity. And, you know, um, we're doing a thing at Christmas for deprived and, and disadvantaged children to give them an opportunity mm. for free to meet to meet Santa and to um you know to have a, a um like a free gift etc because mm. as a team we just said it, it breaks our heart to think that people oh. you know can't afford in a cost of living crisis mm. to to pay for the events that you kind of mm-hmm. take for granted for your own children you know so um if things matter to you then you should you should make a difference to go you know to um make the time in order to make the difference yeah so that you can um you know you can have that that impact that that's what matters over life it really is and that's why this podcast is so important because you know I've got wonderful guests like you coming on and sharing your story and sharing your experiences and hopefully anybody who's listening you know who's who might be feeling stuck or or, or need that inspiration to to know that look you you know here here are people who are demonstrating that it is absolutely possible and this is it and it's to listen to podcasts and surround yourself with the right people and the, and, and good people who who are going to get behind you and champion you like I think pe- being yeah. with the right people and being influenced by the right people is so important isn't it it is and people who genuinely care about you yeah you know and, and um and again I've got an enormous amount of people who who do genuinely care about me and obviously I care about them as well you know mm. and, and um my dad one of the things my dad's left us with is an army of people um mm-hmm. you know who who want to be there for us um mm. and that that's you know just just wonderful and immensely grateful for that because yeah we all have those times of adversity and challenge you know and, and um and the key thing I believe it's it's other people that get you through yeah it's it's so so true and sadly our interview is going to be coming to an end soon and it's been an absolute joy as I just knew it would be Emma chatting to you oh you're you're just such a you're just so positive you've just got so so much wisdom to share it's wonderful chatting to you it really is um for anybody who might be listening and there may be many because there's a midlife crossroads. We hear about it all the time. And someone might just be sat there thinking, I really want to change my life. I just don't know what to do. I am so stuck. If you had to pay forward one bit of advice, what would you say to them to do? Um, I would I would ask them to work out what they value. And mm. I would ask them to work out what they value because if you value being part of a team, if you value kindness, if you value, you know, the, the being part of a community and, you know, team rewards rather than personal rewards, once you mm. understand what you value and, you know, in turn, that's also what makes you happy, <laughs> then you mm. can choose the right environment for you and you can set boundaries that protect those values for you. You know, yeah. because if, if you value being part of a team, then maybe you shouldn't be working, you know, remotely as a as a, a one-man band type thing. And also, you know, if you value, you know, people doing what they say they are going to do, then you should do that too. And you should set a boundary that when you're working with people that don't do that, that you mm. shouldn't work with them. You know, mm-hmm. so if you if you understand what it is that you value... And just take some time to think about when you felt brilliant, when you felt great, when you felt energized, when you felt, 
you had the biggest smile on your face, whatever it may mm. be, what was the root cause that led to your happiness and what therefore do you value as a result of that? And then choose people and environments that allow for those values to come out because mm. at the end of the day, there's lots of cultures, there's lots of teams, there's lots of people, there's lots of organisations. There is not one way that fits all. No. All of us do things in a slightly different way, you know, and, and our definition of the right thing can be different, you know, mm. if, you know, so we can be doing the right thing, but what we each decide and define as being the right thing can be different. So I would mm. say to somebody in that situation, find out what your values are, you know, and, and choose environments that that work on that and work really hard to set to set boundaries in place you know that that protect those values and protect your own happiness and just just you know keep getting better day by day just keep doing you know just keep doing your bit and keep keep taking one step forward um, yeah and, and that's all we've got to do yeah, that's absolutely wonderful, wonderful advice, Emma. Thank you so much for joining us. For anyone who's listening and they want to know more about you and Cascade Cash Management, where can they find you on social media? <laughs> so yeah, um, so LinkedIn is is naturally the best one. Um, so so we're on LinkedIn, and also you know you can contact us on our website as well. So so we'd be delighted to to chat to people as well in in due course and. Um, and hopefully, um, you know, this has been useful and, and lights a candle for somebody else. And yeah. just thank you so much, Sarah, for the opportunity. It's been marvellous oh, having a chat with oh, you. Oh, it's been absolutely lovely, Emma. It's been absolutely wonderful. And thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. So thank you for listening to the Formidable Over 40 podcast. Thank you so much to the brilliant Emma for joining us and sharing her advice. You can find more information about the things we've discussed on this episode in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on the future episodes and please do share this podcast with anyone you think will enjoy it or needs it. Mm-hmm.